Okay, hey, it's your girl, Miss Geek, and this is advice from a spiritual geek. I am back. Had to take a little hiatus, like small, minute, getting things together on this side of the plane, because I am in the process of moving. So, you know, girl gotta take care of her things, you know what I mean? I'm still in the same place, but I say in another week or so, I will be in a new establishment where my podcast will actually have video to it. So, yeah. Also, I'll be getting a new mic. Um, thank God. Um, there's a couple other things that will be upgraded. Um, thanks to the ancestors. Thanks to the universe. All these blessings that's overflowing. I'm very, very thankful. So let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. Let's go to your geek news. It's been a lot. I know, like I said, it's 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 been a lot, guys. I'm sorry. So, so sorry. So hope everybody's been rested up. Hope everybody's been basically taking care of themselves. Let's see. Okay, for our movie buffs, this is a a big one. Because if you are into movies, Ron Howard has shared an optimistic update about the Willow sequel series that he is attempting to bring to Disney Plus streaming service. Although he has admitted that he hasn't been given a green light on the project just yet, he's speaking to Andy Cohen on his radio. Andy's Serum XM show, Howard revealed that the Willow sequel is still in active development as the team behind the project are currently working through all the early pre-production stages. Okay, look, I just recently realized that the Willow, if you don't know what Willow is, it's an old like um, magic movie that's like an iconic cult classic. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's on Blu-ray right now. It's dope. It has all like your witches, warlocks, knights, fairies. It has all that. Like, and I grew up with stuff like that. That dark crystal, all that kind of stuff. Willow was a classic for me. So if you if you want to see it, it's on Blu-ray. Go get it. It's it's dope. It's just dope as hell. He said, I was in a two-hour story midnight last night, Howard said, confirming that creative discussions are ongoing. The writer John Kasdan is leading the charge. They have a great group of writers and in a very active development. The scripts are going great, so they have to get through the season and the budget and so forth. There is no green light there yet, but I'm very optimistic about it. I love the take on it. Howard Howard who directed the 1988 fantasy film revealed that he and Candace has been in really serious discussion about a Willow follow-up a couple months ago at the time. He confirmed that the sequel will be in in contusion of the original film rather than a reboot of the material. Thank God! Which we will see actor Warwick Davis reprise his his role as a more mature Willow Ungoof. So, okay. So, if you don't, if you haven't seen the film, um, this very a small man is gifted a child he has to get somewhere and it the whole movie is gifted around this child everybody's after this baby the baby is the future the baby is the person that's going to save them all and this the little guy in his village there they have to basically get the baby where it needs to be getting 
So fairy, like I said, fairies, ogres, all that kind of stuff is involved. It's a dope film. Let's go. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, to our gamers. The Last of Us HBO series producer Craig Mazin has promised that the TV show adaptation will not undo popular Naughty Dog PlayStation gaming. Okay, if people have been hearing about this, a lot of people have been upset because they're thinking like, oh, they're going to like take from the game. No, he's basically saying it's going to enhance it. He he can't wait for it. Matter of fact, he he's the type of person like I'm going to enhance it. I'm going to take it and basically get it to where it needs to be. Speaking on BBC Radio 5 Live, Chernobyl Special Amazing, the creator of remarkable miniseries about the 1986 Soviet nuclear disaster, opened up about the current project that he is working on with Naughty Dog Neil Druckmann as he explained the careful process behind adaptation, The Last of Us, from television to gaming and back to tele- gaming from gaming back to television, assuring fans that they plan to expand the source material than then undo it. I think fans of something sometimes worry that when the property gets licensed to someone else, those people don't really understand it, or are we going to change it? Uh, he said, May said he actually sat down and played the game through and through and through. So therefore, he understands the concept on it, and he wants to expand on it. So you can rest assured, if he messes up, y'all got all rights to drag him. <laughs> Alrighty, moving on. More news, more news, more news. Let's see. Unlike Birdman's games or the one with the actual birds in it, Skater XL is a serious and mostly authentic and grounded simulation of skateboarding and it's intuitive in a truly engrossing way with its nauseous and tricky two-stick control system. There has been time over the last several days when I've become deeply immersed in the process of learning a new trick and executing it perfectly and getting the points and found some places within the map. However, playing on Xbox has exposed the finally regarded PC version secret. It's heavily related on a user-made mod to flesh it out. This has left the console version feeling extremely light on content at launch and combined with some regulatory occurring jankiness. The result is something that generally feels more like a tech demo than a complete game. Skater XL's controls may initially seem familiar to Skate Gestures' based brand of analog stick flicking, and it's true that there are some rough similarities, but mastering Skater XL's controls is actually like learning a whole new language. In Skater XL, each thumbstick represents the skater's comprehension foot, so if you're ready for some quick tricks and some quick flicks of the controller, this game's for you. Alrighty. With that being said and done. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Now, the the topic of the day. The topic of the day. The topic of the day, y'all. Why is 
therapy, mental therapy, physical, you know, mental therapy, going to see a shrink, whatnot, whatever you call it. topic of the day is why is mental health so taboo in the black community and what I mean by taboo is like why is it looked down upon why does your pride hurt so much like why is it an issue with pride like why is it like so looked down on when somebody says they need a therapist when somebody says they need help, when somebody says, oh, I'm going to see a doctor for that, or like, why is it so looked upon? So I asked around, I truly did ask around, and we come up, He he's come up with, we've, we've come up with two like major things. The first one, and I've heard a lot of people say this, and I agree with them on this one. Like, I highly agree with them. If you have not heard about the Tuskegee experiment, it's where the government actually gave black soldiers syphilis. Like, they just gave us stuff and did tests on us. Okay? They tested them. They did mental health issues, stuff with them. It was just a lot of stuff. So, doctors of any kind, we shun away from because we don't know what your intentions are regardless if you smiling in our face or not like we don't know what your intentions are physical doctor or mental doctor pediatric whatever like we don't know your intentions behind what you're doing so we're going to shun away from any type of doctor so the second one is a pride thing like you and your family you and your family are looked down upon because you you have somebody crazy or you have somebody who basically um, is looked at as like ugly or crazy or that crazy family member all because you've either been to uh, what they call a crazy house or the mental ward or physical therapist. I'm not physical, excuse me, a mental health therapist, like all that. Like you are, your family, like, and so back then, like family names was a, was a lot. Some of them are still are. And to have a family member looked at as, you know, crazy or whatnot, it, it basically is saying to you that okay they family got a little nutso in them I don't want to marry into that type of family it you hid that type of person in your family just like 
when somebody say back in the day like oh he got some sugar in his tank nobody addressed it but they knew about it so they know about crazy uncle joe they just not gonna address it they they make sure do any family function he eats stays in his room watches his tv that's it that's it that's all you did everybody had that uncle i had about two of them but i swear to god i love my uncles to death one of my uncles was was in vietnam and my other uncle was an iron worker regardless what jabber gibberish they spit and spat out i hugged them kissed them love you period period it wasn't like I addressed it far as oh that's my favorite uncle like it's their family regardless what their mental health status was like their family like I have an aunt who shot herself and walked to the hospital yep shot herself and walked to the hospital and she had mental health issues a lot of black people do not know how to conquer their own mental health so they need help but for people to look down on someone else it's sad and it it makes me wonder like what skeletons are you hiding in the closet what auntie cousin you know what i'm saying are you not talking about because you never speak to them because you never claim them in that aspect it's it's to that point now like my mom my mom always say because like anytime i went to school like in college or something or high school or whatever I always made friends with the the uh, the crazy person, like the craziest person in the room. Always seemed to be friend me, and I wanted to know how to get that aura off me. But I, after a while, when I talked to a real life like shaman, like I had a conversation with him, he was like, maybe he said you're not supposed to. He said, maybe you're supposed to be the one to understand, you know, who they are. And I kid you not. I'm going to tell you all this story. I used to work um, at this facility. And there was this, like, big-ass, big-ass dude there. Like, and he never really spoke to anybody. And I'm like, I don't know this dude. But me and him ended up living in the same building. His, his name was John. And I found out John had an anger issue, but he took meds for it. So I had to let people at work know, like, y'all gotta be cool. You know, he does have anger issues. Don't put too no pressure on him. Because anytime he has an episode, this big six five, three 380-pound man would go the fuck off like he would literally go off and like he would always ask for my fruit cup at work and i always gave it to him so when we are at home and i would see him in the hallways he would always speak 
you know, hey, da, 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 you know, she would speak to me. And I'm like, how you doing? I'm good. I'm like, you want a fruit cup? He's like, no, I'll get it when you're at work. And we would laugh about it. This white man was humongous. When I say humongous, like he had to bend his head to come into any doorway. He he was just big. So imagine this man running full speed at you, angry, ready to pick you up, throw you anywhere. So what happened was um, he had an episode because he ran out of his meds. And like I saw the police down in uh, the front of my building. So me being nosy, I was like, what's going on? I go downstairs. This man has locked himself into the, the property manager's office. And he has his face painted. And he has a bat. And the police were going to bum rush this office. And I knew they were what they was going to do. So I jumped in front of the property manager. I said, please, let me just knock on the door, talk to him, and I can get him out. And they were like, no, no. I said, I swear I can get him out. Just let me. So I ran back upstairs, got two fruit cups, and came downstairs. And I knocked on the door. And I said, John, I was like, it's me. And it was quiet for like 10 minutes. And I kept knocking and I kept knocking. And I was like, John, I got some fruit cups. And I was like, and they getting warm. And I was like, I know you don't like no warm fruit cups. And I was like, I'm not about to stand out here. You know, I was getting mad. So he snatched open the door and was just standing there. He was painted head to toe with red and black paint. Within his boxers with a bat. Standing in front of me. Angry as shit. And I was as calm as a breeze. And I held up the fruit cup in his face. And I was like, you want some? He said, yeah. Came out, sat completely on the floor in front of me. And started eating the fruit cup. When you understand someone and where they're kind of coming from. You understand their situation. John had lost his mother that year. The year before that, he had lost his brother. So he really didn't have anybody. So it was just like a switch would get turned on or off. So police of any anybody of authority really don't know how to handle people with mental health. But a lot of black people don't understand in our ancestry over in Egypt, Africa, whatever, a lot of people don't know that when you came from war to to, to to stop all that mental issue for you seeing people dying in front of you, kids being killed, innocents being, you know, like all that, the Africans would put you in a camp and they, a shaman would do rituals over you for like two weeks to get all that mental health up out of you, like to get that PTSD, to get you together, which I, they call PTSD today, they would make sure you was right before they sent you back to your family. They they knew how to handle that. The Egyptians and the Africans knew how to handle that. You would be you would spend two weeks at this camp with a shaman or an elder going through these mental 
spells going through like this meds they would be taking you through rituals to make sure before they sent you home to your family your wife your children that you were together that you were mentally back to where it was that you needed to be coming from war it is not natural to see somebody's head chopped off and or killed in front of you and that's why i say black people in the united states we all have ptsd because every black girl every black boy i've talked to at a young age has anxiety why are these children having anxiety at a young age why and if you talk to them they all say i'm scared to go here i'm scared to this this and it's all because they're scared to die these are elementary school kids junior high kids high school kids having anxiety and depression why are these children having anxiety and depression and and basically cutting themselves taking pills like they have ptsd like they've been at war but black people look at mental health as taboo because we do not want to address the elephant in the room that's the way a lot of black people have done like over the years i don't care if it's if a girl gets touched on by an uncle i don't care if it's uh your daddy been cheating on your mama and don't nobody want to talk. If, if an elephant is in a room in a, in a black family, ain't nobody talking about it. My generation, I'm here to break generational curses. I am. That's my that's my purpose. I'm here to break some generational curses because I'm, I'm so tired of it. I'm so over a lot of these generational curses that that we have been shown that's been right, but they actually been all the way wrong. Um, I spent Christmas in um, a mental hospital because I tried to off myself. I've been down that dark road. I've been down that road with no lights on. You ever see that scary movie where it looked like somebody walking down a hallway or a street and that one light flickering? That hallway, that road. I've been down there. Walked it. When I say me and my skeletons play spades on a daily basis, we have conversations. You battle demons on a day-to-day basis. I'm done battling my demons. Me and my demons have a conversation. Like, I know y'all there. Y'all not the type of people who I want right now. But they can be. Like, they're so cool with me. And I'm so cool with them. Because if somebody gets out of character with me, I can bring one of my demons up real quick. Like, I got got demons. I tell people, like, my record is public. It's, it's public. I have no issue to hide anything at all. At all. Um, I, I'm, I try to meditate a lot. I try to smile and laugh a lot because a lot of people say and do a lot of stuff that angers me because I hate ignorance. And I'm going to tell you all this story about when I went to 
the hospital and why. I had a nervous breakdown. Like, literally nervous breakdown. And I'm going to tell y'all why I say I'm here for a purpose and everybody has a purpose for everything. So, let's talk about it real quick. I had a nervous breakdown and I tried to kill myself with some pills. But the way I did it, I was talking myself into it. And I was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to do this when I get home. Because I went to the grocery store. So when I got back to the grocery store, I got into my, my, my apartment building, said hi to a couple people. And I purposely locked my door. Because, you know, when you about to do something, this is this how I, I tell people all the time. People who going to kill themselves, don't tell nobody. They ain't, they ain't going to post it. Oh, guys, I'm about to kill myself. They ain't going to go live. They're not going to. When you about to do that, you're not going to tell anybody. You're just going to do it. So I locked the door. I purposely locked the door. Went into the bathroom. Took out the pills I had gotten from a girl. And they were uh, sleeping pills. And they were like high dosage sleeping pills. Like she told me, she said she only takes like half of them and like it gets her a good sleep. I took a hand. I don't even know how many I took. I just took a whole, like I dumped all of them in my hand and just like downed them. And I gulped a, I gulped a, a Pepsi. And I just sat there and sat there and sat there. And then like I kept feeling dizzy and woozy. I got up. And that was all I remember. Let me tell y'all how I woke up. I woke up with my neighbor looking at me, standing at me in the doorway. She said, I called 911. She said, they're on their way. All I remember telling this woman was like, okay. That was it. And then I passed back out. I woke up. I was in the hospital. They were pumping my stomach and I passed back out. I woke up, uh, I hate talking about this, okay, this is why I don't like the, the, this is why I don't like hospitals. I woke up in a psych ward and I was strapped to a bed. I pretended to be out due to the fact of my nurses, the way they were treating me. I heard my nurses say things like, are you watching this nigger tonight? Um, yeah. I'm not going to change her because she's pissed and shit on herself. I'll wait till it's almost my shift. It's over. Yeah, I do that too. So mind you, I'm sitting in my own feces and pee, um, getting bed sores. Okay. Keep that in mind. I was like this for almost three to four days. So I had a dream about my grandmother and she said, get up, clean yourself up, sit up in bed. Those were her exact words. Fine. I got up out of bed right after the nurse had left. Because the nurse left. She came in the room. She administered something. And I went back to sleep. But as soon as she, I woke back up and I was, I was, I was focused, I 
went back to the bathroom, took all my clothes off, took the sheets off, put them in the bin, cleaned my entire body. There was there were sheets folded up. I was in the room by myself. There were sheets folded up on the other bed. I took those sheets off, fixed my own bed, fixed my hair up, sat up in the bed, fixed the hospital bed up, and sat up. Mind you, my hand, my hand things is off. Don't know how they got off. I ain't worried about it. To this day, I don't know how they got done, undone. The nurse came back in to change my bed. She came in pulling a cart. So her back was to me. She came in pulling a cart. And when she came in, I startled her. Because she didn't know I was up. I said, excuse me. I said, I'm hungry. Is there anything to eat? She froze and turned around and looked at me. And she was like, uh, yeah. She's like, let me go get something to eat. So she left and didn't come back for like a half hour. She came back with the meal. And I knew they had put something in it. Because you could see, like, they didn't even mix it up well. So as they were bringing something back, the other people were walking by. A, a white girl walked by and came in. She was like, we thought you would never wake up. She's like, they was always back here doing something. I was like, for real? She was like, yeah. She was like, she was like, were you ready to come up front? And I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm good. So I said, give me another plate. She said, okay. So she ran and got her meal that she didn't eat. And I gave her mine. I said, toss that out. They put something in that. And she said, I kind of figured they would. So I ate real quick. And the lady came back and she's like, did you eat it all? I said, yeah. So I get up. And she's like, are you okay? She's like, you're not dizzy or anything? I said, mm-mm. I'm good. So I go into the foyer or whatever, and that's where everybody's sitting or whatnot. And they're watching me closely. So I know that that's how I know and the second thing how they put something in my food, but I didn't eat it. They were watching me closely. So the young lady who came in into my room basically was like sitting there and she was introducing me to everybody. And she was like, You were the last person to actually get up. She's like, we were like, we would check, we would try to check on you, but the nurses wouldn't let us back there. And I was like, oh, okay, like that. And she was like, um, she's like, I she's like, I stay in your room across from you. And she's like, and every day, she's like, I would hope that you would be up. And I was like, yeah. She's I was like, it's cool. One of the men in there, I'm like, this, these are his exact words, and I, I remember this stuff to this day, which is absolutely this was absolutely hilarious. His name was Steven. <laughs> and I, he was like, he's like, you try to kill yourself? I said, yeah. He's like, are you cool now? I said, yeah, I'm good. He said, that's good. He's like, because if you're not, they're not going to let you out of here. So wait. <laughs> I said, what you in here for, Steven? He goes, my wife is cheating, and I know it. My son is gay. He said, and my daughter's a whore. He said, and I hate my job. He said, I'm in here to take a fucking vacation. And I bust out laughing. Like, and everybody, like, 
was like looked at me and everybody else in the room started laughing so what happened was it became a sharing circle with us you had one dude in there who said he's trying not to kill his family because of all that that was steven you had rissa the white girl who came and got me um she tried to kill herself and she was a cutter because her family you know feels she's different because she she likes to do different stuff people who are thinkers are get get looked at as black sheep if you think a lot you know you're not you're you're you you're unique that's what it is people hate change people hate different stuff so a lot of that is just basically scared on they they don't know they don't know they're scared of what they don't know that's basically what it is um so one of the other guys um he's a black guy in there um he had like like this wild mohawk and it was like yellow blue green and all this kind of kind of stuff he was in there because he he like lashed out at his social worker or something and like they stuck him in there for a couple days so he was basically in there just to do his time so wait so he asked a question when i came back from talking to the the uh, hospital psychiatrist he goes because we were doing we do we all sit in the foyer every day and every like we just sit in there watch tv or whatever but we also talk but we noticed that the orderlies and the nurses like watches so we we started talking i was like do anybody talk to the therapist and everybody was like hell no and we bust out laughing because we all think the same thing that the therapist you know it's gonna lie or whatever or the therapist has hidden agendas everybody said the same exact thing but to be in a group of people who are mentally and you know physically tired of the world was a kind of relief because you're sticking us in a psych ward when mentally we're just tired mentally we just need somebody who's like us just to talk to the vent to who we know who's not going to run their mouth and be like oh that motherfucker crazy we basically healed ourselves like every day in that circle but here's a kicker here's a kicker i had i was in a relationship i'm gonna tell you how how i was in a relationship my dude came up there and broke up with me while i was in there like i can't do this nigga what I was out of it anyway. I was like, all right, and left. And I was like, all right, bet. Cool. Like, I ain't even on it. Bet. So, not only did I have a nervous breakdown, I was trying to heal in there, but on top of all that, um, the dude I was supposed to be with who was supposed to be mentally supporting me while going through this came in there and dumped all that on top of me i don't want to be with you more i can't do this okay boom yeah so when i say coming from nothing yeah i came i came from a long way to know people talked about me dogged me like i'm i'm very transparent when it when it comes to myself because it's like, I don't want people to think like, oh, 
I got something to hide and no like I've been there before like when when I have children I want them to know like mom what's it like to oh I, I can tell them that that's why I like trying anything once riding a horse doing paintball jumping off a cliff skydiving you know what I'm saying I want my kids to try it because it's like I'll be like well my experiences was this like if my kids have a mental issue I want to be able to be there for them and to know the signs to know something to to let them know it's okay to have anxiety it's okay to have a nervous breakdown and scream at the top of your lungs and just go off because if you got to get it out you got to get it out period a lot of people are going through a lot of shit today and it's building up and they lash out for for no apparent reason a lot of people smoke weed to to deal with their mental health and i think that's cool if you smoke weed to deal with your mental health bet cool more power to you but i feel everybody should have an outlet for their mental health because if you do not stress is going to kill you period dot Y'all laughing at them gray hairs? Them gray hairs is actually showing that your body is going through stress. And that's not cool. Like, oh, I got all this gray hair and I'm only this, this, and this, and this, and this. Oh, I'm a... No, that's not cool. That's not okay. Y'all got to understand that. Like, saying you're going through stress and having gray hair and stress is mental health. Anxiety is mental health. Your health is your wealth. Y'all have to understand something. Mental health is a first because the first thing you have to do is fight that battle within and that's a mug because I don't care you can lie to Facebook snapchat TikTok, Instagram you can put all the filters up you want to baby but once you stand butt naked in front of that mirror it's not gonna lie to you all them flaws you feel you have about yourself that you have not handled mentally and physically you gotta deal with period you got to deal with that and don't nobody else got to deal with that but you hunty your best friend ain't got to deal with it your baby daddy ain't got to deal with it your mama ain't got to deal with it your co-workers ain't got to deal with it you have to deal with that stuff and if you can't deal with that stuff you're going to have a mental issue you're going to have a mental breakdown you're going to have mental problems I hate when somebody says, oh, she talks to herself. Damn right I talk to myself. Everybody talks to themselves and they answer themselves. And let me explain it and give you a situation. If you're looking for something and you're in the house by yourself, like, I know. I put this motherfucking thing right here. Because if I said it over here, ain't nobody touched it. Because these kids, I know I said it. You're talking to yourself and you're answering yourself. That's why I hate when people are like, oh, if you talk to yourself, you're cool. But if you answer yourself, you're crazy. No. No, we're not going to do that. Everybody do it. I have conversations with myself on a daily. I, I look, I have board meetings, hunty. I tell myself wonderful jokes. Self-love is talking to yourself. You got to amp yourself up. You are beautiful. You are wonderful, hunty. <laughs> you don't have to ask nobody else how you look. Do this look okay, bitch? Yes, get it. Or nigga, what styling and wilding? These are the things they tell y'all are crazy because they don't want y'all to get self-love. But I'm telling you, talk to yourself. Show love to yourself on a daily basis. 
hype your own self or be your best hype man. Because if you ain't gonna do it, ain't nobody else gonna do it for you, boo boo. Everybody keep I see in these 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 uh these Facebook statuses of people let all oh, the songs so let me down, my family, fuck my family, this, this, and this. Okay, well, if all those people letting you down, you letting yourself down because you ain't giving yourself self-love on a daily basis. Period. Mental health is a serious issue in the black community and it should be at the forefront and it's looked on as taboo and as wrong because black people got pride out of this world when it comes to mental health. And I'm like, damn, I'm like, why? Why is that an issue? Why is it pushed to the back burner when mental health is actually tearing us down? It's tearing black families and people out the frame. If we're getting so much coverage, black boy hangs himself, black girl hangs herself. If there's so much suicide, per se, why isn't it getting brought to the forefront of mental health? Y'all love throwing pills in our face. Oh, you have depression? Here's this. Yo, you have anxiety? Here's this. No. No. We're not doing that. All I'm going to say is this. Y'all got to understand. Y'all mental health is first. Because y'all wake up every single day and have to deal mentally with your own self first y'all have to fight the mental battles on a day-to-day basis so you have to deal with you first and that's all i'm gonna say on that note i hope i shared a piece of me with y'all today that somebody can relate to i hope i was talking to somebody today peace love and abundance to you all This is Miss Geek, and this is advice from a spiritual geek.